Hey everybody, Joe coming at you in a rental car from San Diego. Hope you guys are doing well. This is a another episode of REI in your car, rental car time. And I'm actually in San Diego heading to a mastermind, which is awesome. I love get, getting to hang out with like-minded investors who are crushing it in real estate. These guys are awesome. I consider them friends. A lot of them do way more deals than I do. A lot of them are smarter than I am. You know what they say, if you're in a room where you're the smartest one in the room, what, you know, you're in the wrong room? I'd encourage all of you guys. I've talked about masterminds before. You know, I started in my own mastermind in St. Louis of local wholesalers, which has been awesome. And I also belong to a couple other masterminds that are real estate related or internet marketing related. And I always, always walk away with such incredible value, just like one little gold nugget that if I had applied in my business could make a huge impact. And I also get to share and help other people in their business. I've made some really good friends. Sometimes, you know, it gets lonely in your entrepreneur world, right? It's hard to find people who get what you're doing. And that's why I love going to masterminds. And it's a, an excuse to come down to San Diego. My mom still lives here. This is where I was raised. I love San Diego. It's, I still, I don't call it home because I haven't lived here in such a long time. But I was raised here in San Diego, and um, when people ask me where I'm from, I tell them, San Diego. And then they get this look like, uh, where do you live now? <laughs> Why do you live in St. Louis? It's funny, I, in my junior year in high school, I moved from San Diego to Des Moines, Iowa. My parents split up, and I decided to live with my dad. And uh, yeah, so I had to move to Iowa. It was a rough time and uh, it was a good decision. Who knows where I would have been if I stayed in San Diego, but I needed new friends, you know? That time in your life, man, it makes me nervous thinking of my boys, my daughters. Um, teenager years are the toughest, like, man, I just hope it's not that hard for them. Even, you know, even families that have good, solid marriages, you know, um, it's still tough for teenagers. Anyway, so I have a lot of memories here in San Diego. Hold on a second here. So, um, still trying to figure this rental car out. I have a Chrysler 200 in case anybody is concerned. It's a nice car. Of course, the rental cars, they don't give you any of the upgrades in the rental car. So this is a... I still had to reach underneath the seat to grab the bar to pull it forward. <laughs> anyway, so what I wanted to talk about, I got a, a podcast feedback text from a nice guy named Zach from Miami, Miami, Miami. Uh, Zach sent me a text or was it a voicemail? Zach, I'm sorry if I don't remember. I wrote it down. I like, maybe it was a voicemail. Um, yes, it was a voicemail. To be called the podcast hotline, which is what? 636-255-8815. 636-255-8815. If you have a question you want me to answer on the podcast here while I'm driving, um, or you can text also as well. 
leave me some, let me know what you think. And if you have a question, put it in there. Cool? So Zach had a good question about subject to investing, but he also had an idea for my show. I think one of my earlier shows I was asking you guys, what do you think I should call it? And uh, he had a good he had a good uh, suggestion. Joe on the go. Joe to go? No, it was it was Joe to go. I think is what it was. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> do you like Joe to go? I don't know. I kind of stuck with REI in your car right now, so that's what I'm. I might just keep it unless I get an overwhelming, you know, response. Hey, I like Joe to go. Uh, who knows? Maybe that's a new podcast. Maybe I'll create a new podcast about something. Okay, so the question Zach asked was, he had heard me in an earlier episode say that I'm not a big fan of subject twos, and he was wondering why. Well, I'll just answer that. Um, I Back in 07 through 09, I did a lot of subject twos, about a dozen of them, and every single one of them went bad. Of course, you know, the whole economy collapsed. And the housing market fell. And so, and it's not subject two's fault. It's not the, the, the concept of subject two's that was to blame for that. I was to blame for a lot of things. I was counting on appreciation. I was counting on my tenant buyers since financing was so easy to get. I was counting on them getting financing that were in the house and you know getting it appraised at a higher value. I was figuring that, you know, $100, $200 a month in cash flow would be good enough. I wasn't setting aside money for emergencies. So, yeah, what a cluster. You know, it was so I have a bad taste in my mouth for subject twos, kind of because of what the market did to me and to a lot of friends. But it's not that I don't like creative financing strategies, creative ways to control property. I do. I love controlling everything and owning nothing, right? Which is why I love lease options instead of subject tubes. Options, I feel, in my opinion, and I'm not, this isn't gospel. I mean, I can, I don't want to argue about this with anybody because I think there is still a time and a place for subject twos. But for me, subject twos connotes too much ownership. And I don't want ownership. I don't want my name on a title anymore. I remember when I was coming out of the market crash and I started wholesaling lease options. I said to myself, man, I don't want my name on another title or deed ever, 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 ever again. And look at my exit. I love the Apple Watch, by the way, guys. It's so cool. So I still use a map even though I know where I'm going. We're going to La Jolla. This mastermind is at the La Jolla Hilton near Torrey Pines, which is amazing. It's beautiful. Um, but if you're using Apple Maps on your phone to get GPS directions and you have an Apple Watch, your watch beeps and vibrates to remind you where you need to go and turn next. So while you're talking into a phone, you're not too distracted. Oh, and this is probably really super illegal in California too, isn't it? Oh man, I'm busted. <laughs> so if I get pulled over, like in California, it's a big deal to... You, like you can't even use hands-free devices I think right it's like you have to um, you can't even like pick your nose in California or else you'll get pulled over for traffic violations so I'm just gonna hold my phone down here 
so nobody can see it because um, I'm at an intersection here and there's cops everywhere I'm sure oh anyway so I like lease options I like lease options a lot and the whole thing of control without ownership is so important you can control a ton of property without owning any of it, any of it. and uh, that's why I love lease options. So, you know, if I had a choice between tying up a property as a long-term lease, op lease option or taking over the mortgage, uh, I would prefer the lease option. It's an option. It's more flexible. You still get the same control without the ownership. You can still make the same amount of money. The only real difference is you can't, you don't get the deed, right? Which means you can't borrow private money on the deal, which I don't think you should anyway. So I bought into the whole thing way back in the mid early 2000s, like 2005, 2008, uh, buying houses subject to that had equity and then borrowing small private second mortgages. And yeah, what a, what a cluster that was when the market collapsed and everything's upside down and I owe these private lenders a bunch of money and they want their money back. And I, I won't mention who the guru's course was, but I bought a course, a couple of them, that talked about borrowing your profits early. And that is straight from the pit of hell. <laughs> That's like the stupidest, dumbest idea ever. Don't ever borrow your profits early. Never. So anyway, I had some courses at the time that taught you how to do that. And every time I did that, I, I never defaulted on any of my private lenders. So I won't go into all the details with those homes, but um, I never missed a mortgage payment. Never missed a mortgage payment on any of the subject to homes that I had, and I never missed a payment to a private lender. I paid them all back. In fact, some of them I'm still paying back. Yeah, it was bad. So, uh, however, I did, because I had so many subject to mortgages, and I, I was responsible for making the mortgage payment. So the way subject to works is you take over someone else's mortgage, right? And if you miss their mortgage payment, that seller is going to get a 30-day late on their credit report, right? And so all of a sudden, uh, it was, I mean, the market was falling apart, and I'm, I'm always, like, paying that mortgage on day 29 and 23 hours and 59 minutes. Like, I'm paying all of these mortgages at the last minute. And the sellers are getting stressed out because they're getting late notifications. Now, they never got a 30-day late, but they're getting calls from the bank. Why haven't you made your payment yet? And I'm freaking out, and I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul to pay all these mortgages because I have all these vacancies. And, man, it came to a point where I was just... I needed somebody to in these houses so bad, I would just take the first person that could fog a mirror, and then I wasn't pre-screening them well enough, and then consequently I was... Um, just getting really bad tenants in there who would only pay for a few months and it's just a downward death spiral. Um, so I had all these bad subject twos and consequently, I, you know, I had to make those mortgage payments and I would start missing my own home's mortgage payment. I'm looking back, I probably, I probably should have just gotten out of those subject twos a lot sooner than I did, but I didn't know what to do, man. I was, I was, somewhere in between just being stuck and paralyzed in fear and digging my head in the sand and oh it was horrible so uh eventually i did just deed all the properties back to the owners i told them listen i can't make one more payment um now they all had tenants in them and so i paid the uh 
you know, they all had tenants in them. So when I deeded the houses back to the owners, they understood. None of them were mad or anything. I said, Here, here's a tenant. I can't make next payment. And so I also let them have the next month's rent, you know. So, so bottom line is those all those deals went bad. And I went back to my roots because I kind of got started with lease options when I first got into real estate. And uh, I realized the wisdom of what I was learning and what I was doing in, with lease options because lease options, again, allow you to control property without owning it. And so when you're in a lease option deal, it's just a lot easier to get out of it if the deal goes bad, okay? It's just an option. So it's a lot easier to get out. I also don't like the idea of um, taking responsibility of someone else's mortgage payment. And also it raises a ton of red flags, right? So I mean, just think about it. Would If you're talking to a seller about taking their house over subject to, and honestly ask yourself, if that seller were to ask their attorney, should you do this? Should you sign over the deed? to this stranger, this investor, what do you think their attorney would say? Nine times out of nine, that attorney's gonna say, no, don't do it. It's not a good idea, right? So with a lease option, it's just easier to sell to the seller. I don't have to answer any of these questions about why why are you gonna take over my deed? Why don't you just buy it? Um, What if you miss a mortgage payment? I don't have to answer any of those questions. It's just, hey, can I lease your property for a few years and then buy it? It's, so it's a lot easier to sell. It raises a lot fewer red flags. You don't have to worry about the due on sale police. You don't have to worry about it. anything that happens if that goes on. There was also a time, too, when I was getting threatening letters from sellers' attorneys threatening to sue me for fraud because mortgage fraud because I had done something illegal to the mortgage contract. So if you did look at the mortgage contracts, you know the, the banks could theoretically or technically call the loan due when the deed is assigned over. So anyway, my bottom line, um, I think there are times for subject twos, maybe specifically when it's a short-term rehab. Like if there's a house that um, needs a lot of work, you can maybe take it over sub two for a few months uh, while you're rehabbing the house and then turn around and sell it. That's a creative financing strategy. Although I could argue you could do the same thing with a lease option. Just get an option to buy it and lease it to the, from the seller. And if you're worried about whether the mortgage payments are going to be paid or not, well, that's fine. Just just send your lease payment to the bank or use the third-party escrow service. Um, and you should never be borrowing private money on a deal as a second mortgage. That's my other opinion. Don't ever borrow your profits early. But you can't do that. You can't do those things if you're doing a lease option. Does that make sense? So lease options. Uh, control everything. Own nothing. And that's why I don't like subject twos. Now, I'd be curious to know what you guys think about that. So if you are um, wanting to leave a comment or a review, just go to 636-CALL or text this number, 636-255-8815, 636-255-8815. And listen, guys, if you are interested in talking with me and getting some help, getting some coaching, just go to joemccall.com slash coaching, joemccall.com slash coaching. And I'm out of here. This weather is in San Diego is gorgeous. I'm looking out the window here to Torrey Pines Golf Course with the ocean right behind it. Ah, it's beautiful here. So I'll see you guys. Take care.